0: All right, that will wrap up for our talk about fancy football. And obviously there's uh, ESPN has so much websites and stuff. You can uh, literally search on so far. It's the beauty of technology we have of how you can draft. Uh, one of the things uh, we learned at play-by-play sports broadcasting camp from the great Matthew Berry was um, – all about how to draft a good team and you got to find the right balance of good players um, and some sleeper picks. So sometimes you may draft someone that your friend next to you may say, oh, that's a stupid pick, but you never know if injuries and other things that could happen in a team like the Lions and TJ Hawkinson, a lot of people think, oh, that's not a good pick, but you never know if a lot of bad wide receivers and a good QB and Jared go off. You never know if he could, be the next uh sleeper pick that everyone wished they had drafted so uh that's what i would talk what i would say about that and that will wrap it up for our nfl fantasy football discussion welcome back and now it's time for cbj in your face so first topic we got is who is a better point guard in the nba uh Corin and Jason, he had a hot take a few weeks ago saying that Luka Doncic is a better point guard than Damian Lillard. So with that, got a few minutes. Take your way, Jason.
1: Okay, so I personally don't think this is a hot take. I think this is just facts. Everybody should be saying this right now. And if you're not saying this, I kind of think you're a bit crazy. Luka Doncic is by far the better player than Damian Lillard. And you don't even need the stats to show it. I mean, the stats, of course, show it, but just watch the games you see Luca dominate in every single way there is there's very few things that Damian Lord does better than Luca the only things that I gave Damian Lord the edge on is shooting at an efficient rate but Luca has improved on that as we saw at the end of the season and in the playoffs and also um probably just um just three-point ability and as a whole three three three-pointer is probably dominated by Damian Lord. but I'd say probably everything else in the um, everything else that you need in a complete player Luka Doncic is better at than Damian Lillard. He is a better volume scorer as Damian Lillard is a better pure scorer. Luka is a better volume scorer. He will drop more points when he wants to, when he can. He also gets the team involved. He carries his team. Damian Lillard has CJ McCollum as a second option who averaged 23 and a half points almost last year. You also had Nurkic, Enos Kanter, Robert Covington, Norman Powell was almost a 20 point scorer last year. And Luka, he had Chris Asporzingas who absolutely fell apart in the playoffs last year. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a second option on a playoff team. I'm sorry to say it, but he is not. So Luka Doncic absolutely carried that Mavericks team. He almost took down Kawhi Leonard and Paul George by himself. And if you look at those playoff stats, I mean, yes, I don't like use stats to back up uh, my arguments. I know we say arguments come from the heart, not the stats. 36, 8, and 10 in the playoffs on 49, 41 um, shooting field and three-point percentage. Um, and also he's a better defender than Damian Lillard, and that's not a debate. Yes, Luca is not a good defender, but he's an average defender. Damian Lillard is defensive liability. He is a subpar defender. And Luca, you can rely on him to get stuff. He's he's strong, he's got he's got a good frame. He's yes, um, having a bit of a height advantage might give him the advantage in like any um, debate. But I love Luka Doncic, and he is by
0: far better than Damian Lillard. All right, so I like your points about saying he has a better uh, field goal percentage. Uh, Luka has a better field goal percentage than Lillard. His rebounds are better. Uh, And you say that his defense is better, but I'm actually going to have to disagree. And of the games I've seen, Lillard is, like, always on the ball. He scores so many points. He's a lead leading scorer in Portland, yes, he has McCollum, but it also helps him. He gets um, some assists to McCollum, who then shoots it, and that's why Portland is sometimes one of the dangerous teams because they have another player that can help, uh, um, that can help Damian Lillard. Unfortunately, in Dallas, Luca is a one-man show and sometimes can't do everything on himself, and you see uh, sometimes he four shots that, uh, that go in luckily especially that one against the Boston Celtics this past year in Dallas but uh, Damian Lillard knows how to shoot threes anywhere on basically on the court if it's a layup if it's a pull-up shot if it's a three if it's a half court he can shoot anywhere just like Luca. but Damian Lillard has uh, better shooting and he has a better free throw percentage which means you're you're getting more consistent with Damian Lillard than Luka Doncic.
1: Well, we bring up free throw percentage. I mean, I personally think free throw percentage is a little bit overrated when we look at the stats. I mean, Damian Lillard is one of the most pure shooters and scorers in the game. So, of course, you expect him to um, eclipse 90% from uh, the free throw line. But just because Luka Doncic um, is a little um, subpar for um, point guard uh, free throw shooting, that doesn't really take away from what else he does. Because when you say that Damian Lillard um, is great at setting up his team, well, Luka Doncic is by far the better passer than Damian Lillard as well. You see him. He puts, he goes behind the back. He goes over his head. He knows where his teammates are. He knows where to find them. Anywhere on the court, he will find them. And also, he stacks up on the rebounds, too. He will get triple-doubles. I mean, obviously, you shouldn't be going for stat-padding. That's not what he does. Luka plays to win. He doesn't play the stat-pad. When you see him put up those forty-point triple doubles in the playoffs, oh my God, his stats are just crazy. I, I just don't know how how Damian Lillard does anything better except for just shooting and pure scoring than than Luca. Luca does everything better: rebounding, passing, um, being a leader, um, and also um, defense. And he's gonna he's gonna be dominating the league next two years. I think a lot of people will be saying Luca Doncic is the best player on the planet.
0: Yes, but if he's a better performance player then how can Luca be better than Damian Lillard uh if you I think that uh looking at the stats saying that Luke uh that the Dallas Mavericks were two and four without uh Luka well while the Portland Trailblazers were three and two out Lillard shows that Lillard is um yes that shows a little bit less for Lillard, but it shows that he's not always the one-man show. He has McComb to help. In the games that he wasn't able to play, McComb was able to step up. Unfortunately, in Dallas, Luca's the only man, and he's a one-man show, and when he doesn't play, uh, there's no big star to fill his shoe on that Dallas Mavericks team.
1: Well, I mean, that's not really Luca's fault. I mean, he was kind of put into the situation of where he, he has to be the one who runs the offense. He has to run the show. Um, and uh Lillard he he was he's luckily that uh, McCollum got drafted the year after him and it became one of the best backcourts in the league but Luca does not have another option yet he carries his team um a lot easier you Damian Lillard does not carry his team like that hard and also another yes um, but
0: Damian Lillard does carry the team with help of McCollum if Luca can't can't do it himself himself he has has nowhere to go basically
1: what if Luka was on the Trailblazers and Dame was on the Mavericks? I think the Trailblazers would easily be in the better position. They would have beaten the Denver Nuggets in that series easily. I think Luka would easily have been able to, um, to be, be a better pairing with McCollum, um, and Damian Lillard would struggle with Dallas Mavericks. And people like to bring out the argument that Dame is the most clutch player in the league. Well, I agree with that, but you can't discredit Luka because Luka has hit some of the biggest daggers I've ever seen in the playoffs. He has sent Kawhi Leonard and Paul George home multiple times, within series. Yes, he lost them, but it's because of injuries and poor playing from his supporting cast. If you don't have a good supporting cast, there's there's excuses you can back it up. Damian Lillard has one of the better supporting casts for one of the superstars in the NBA. Luka Doncic can't say that about himself. So that's why what Luka is doing is a lot more impressive than Damian Lillard because he does not have a supporting cast. But yet he still gets his teammates involved and is the better passer as he gets his teammates involved with the
0: assists. Yes, but having another helper like McComb helps Damian Lillard become a better basketball player, and he feeds off McCollum for more points. He feeds him off for more fouls, driving to the hole. Having a second guy helps you with more of that. Why does Lillard have better free throw percentage? It's because he's shooting a lot more, and it's because he has help from McCollum. Fortunately, Luca doesn't have that. He's only doing it all by himself, and although you can double-team him and he still will make a shot over you, he just doesn't have... Uh, that give-and-go opportunity or an option that you can get for assists uh, or someone can um, take a little bit away from him. And if he's not playing every minute, which is normal for an NBA player, uh, he, the Dallas Mavericks are losing time because they don't have him on the court, at least with the Trailblazers. If Lillard's not on the court, they still have C.J. McCollum to help fill that role for that few minutes until Derek Lillard gets back on.
1: Well, that's kind of like countering what you were saying, because Luca, without the supporting cast, still finds a way to be the better passer and create more for his team. I mean, yes, the stats show it. But I mean, if you watch the games, Luca is a pass first player. Dame is a score first player. Yet Luca is still able to dominate by scoring. He somehow finds the open man. That's what they call him Luca magic. He finds the open man, magically sees them at the back, his eyes in the back of his head almost, and he puts up more assists with a worst supporting cast. His, his best players and supporting guys were Chris Sottsporzingas, who, as we know, su- um a horrible disappointment um, in the playoffs. Tim Hardaway, he was good, but he's not a second option. Josh Richardson was fine last year. Jalen Brunson, Trey Burke, Maxi Kleba, Willie Cauley-Stein. They're fine players, but they're, they don't compare to a supporting cast that the Trailblazers have. And the fact that Luca can perform better than Damian Lillard in the big moments, um, well, some of the time, because Dame is the most close player in the league. But the fact that Luca can perform better than Dame without that supporting cast and still dominate and take his team further. Cause remember the Mavs Force game seven against the Clippers and the Trailblazers, they, they didn't even make it to game seven against an injured Denver Nuggets team. They didn't have Jamal Murray or Will Barton, yet they still lost in six. And I think Luca would have easily taken down that Nuggets team.
0: All right. That's gonna wrap up our first debate. If you're Team Dame time or Luca Magic time uh, or team, Luca Magic, put your co- uh, thoughts in the comments, debate with your friends, who, what side do you uh, believe on, and who is really the better point guard, Luca or Lollard? Another segment of the
1: show, um, we're still doing our PTI in your base um, topics. Um, we're moving over to the NFL for another topic. Um, this one is, I think, a really controversial one that I love talking about, and I can totally um, debate either side. Um, of this argument and it is who should the Patriots have as their starting quarterback for week one will it be Cam Newton or Mac Jones well not just who it will be who do we think it should be and I'm going to go jump into my argument I think it should be Cam Newton and while I love Mac Jones I think Mac Jones is the future of this franchise and will be the, the star in New England he will be it'll, it'll carry on Brady's legacy if he needs to I think he can bring Super Bowls to New England bring them back to a championship city or um, championship um, area in the US. I think Cam Newton's the safer play uh, right now um, at the quarterback position because he has he's a veteran experience, he's a former MVP. Yes, he is not that former self, but he knows the game. Um, he's, he's gonna be more useful in a lot of schemes this year because the NFL is becoming um, a little bit more dependent on the quarterback running the ball. Cam Newton was one of the um, first guys to really introduce that. Um, before like Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, there was no one else and then Cam Newton came along and he's influencing guys like Lamar and Kyler Murray who just take off and Cam Newton, he, we've seen him um, in training camp, he's looked a lot better um, in the last few weeks in the preseason, the, I'll say in week two, eight for nine on great, great accuracy um, and he had a 151.4 QBR which is close to perfect, um, he only played one quarter and I think if he played more, he would have been fantastic um, and you also have those excuses from last year that slow him down like COVID, I'm um, not having a full off season um, to get with the system and meet, meet the team, meet the coaches. Um, and he did also didn't have a receiving core, but this year there aren't any excuses. He already looks really, really good um, with some of the guys that are starting getting benched. So I think Cam Newton is the guy you want to go week one, yet Mac Jones is still the future of
0: the team. So as much as I want to say Cam Newton... As a veteran, should start. I really think Mac Jones deserves the week one start. And I'll tell you why. First off, Kim Newton, ever since he won MVP in 2016, which has been five years since, uh, he has not been the same. Uh, The next couple, next year, he faded. The following year, he was injured. uh, Or the next two years, he was injured. Last year, he had COVID. And what do we expect from this year? Not much. Just the same. Same as usual since he's won MVP. On top of that, Mac Jones, the reason why the New England Patriots drafted him, because it was because of his decision making. And this week in practice, with Cam Newton sideline due to a COVID mishap, which was not Cam's fault, according to Bill Belichick, uh, Mac Jones got uh, QB one reps, and he had an awesome uh, practice the other day because of his decision making and his throws to great wide receivers yes the wide receivers are still not awesome in new england with aguilar and Bourne being a better option but after that you got myers and um, it kind of drops off from there on the other hand tight ends are going to be big and mac jones is going to favor from that Uh, hunter henry and johnny smith are two big tight ends and uh, mac jones has the um, ability to throw to those big guys One big thing we saw from uh, Cam last year was his decision time and how long it took for him to get rid of the football. If he continues like he throws like he did last year, he isn't getting these passes quick enough. He's not going to be the starter. And even if he is the week one starter, he ain't going to be the starter for very long. If he plays like he did against Eagles in the preseason game last week, he is gonna be the week one starter okay so i like the argument for mac jones and i'd like to think that
1: mac jones can be the QB one for week one and i think he can be but the thing is mac jones needs that um time to wait and learn from the veteran and i think at one point this year they, they might hand it over to mac jones see what we can do i think he is nfl ready and i think if they do start him i'm not mad at that i mean Yes, I might be a little biased because Cam Newton's one of my favorite players ever. I've always loved him, like e- even since he was drafted number one overall back
0: in 2011 with the Panthers. Um, it, I just yeah. want to clarify: you Newton's will be upset. You will be upset if Max starts because you think Cam Noonan is I'm, I'm upset. much better than him. I don't. I don't that-
1: think he's much better than him. I won't be upset because I'm so excited to see what Max Jones has got, and I think he's the future of the team. Like I said. He, he's the, he's a guy who can bring us to the Super Bowl. I don't think Cam Newton can ever do that for the Patriots. Um, well,
0: if you think that Mac Jones is really the better QB, then why are you not the saying right that now. Cam he, Newton deserves to start? Yes, he's, he's not the, the better veteran, QB. You, you can't Mac rate rookies, Jones but, uh, is the
1: better QB. You can't rate rookies because Mac Jones is in um, a completely different um, situation. He doesn't have the receivers who he had at Alabama, as you remember, um, as you remember last year. He had. Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddell as his two big targets. Um, he had Najee Harris to rely on. And in the NFL, do you really have those like super teams? Not really. So I think Mac Jones needs to adjust. He needs to acknowledge that this is this isn't the best team in the nation. Um, right now. Um, and I think that right now you got to just give it to the veteran. Just maybe for the first few weeks. I think Kenyon should get the start Week One. But I would not be against Mac Jones. Um, getting a lot of starts this season because I do think Mac Jones. Is a QB of the future and could be one of the greatest Patriot players of all time when it's all said and done because I think he is the guy who can lead us to the Super Bowl but right now I just don't think I'd give him the week one start just because he's a little too young I want to see him just watch from the sideline for the first few games and um, when they think the time's right they put Max Jones in I'm totally fine with that but I think Cam Newton is the safe pick right now it looks really good um, and it also increases stock for um, next year's free agency because I hope Cam Newton can get a job elsewhere. I just don't think the fit is right in New England, but starting week one.
0: I know Mac Jones is a rookie, and he played for a great organization last year in college at Alabama, and he doesn't have the same wide receivers here in New England. But I would actually disagree with you and have to argue that New England was always considered a super team with Tom Brady. And according to um, reports when they drafted Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady. He um, isn't going to be GOAT. Is I don't think he's going to win six Super Bowls in 20 years, but he's going to be the next franchise and bring this New England Patriots team back to the super team it was with Tom Brady. And that's something that Cam cannot do. Uh, yes, and with that, I think uh, that'll wrap up our debate for our QB starter in new england and uh we're gonna end this episode with some sports headlines so uh today the biggest news was in european soccer we talk about mls a lot but we'll talk about european christian Ronaldo has agreed to a sensational return to manchester united the club announced today in a 15 million euro deal uh with potential 8 million million dollar euros in add-on so a lot of um, money dealt with that, and Ronaldo goes back to Man City for a second stint. Uh, this has been the second biggest news in uh, European soccer this uh, summer, with Ronaldo going to PS, uh, Messi going to PSG, joining Neymar and uh, Mbappe um, from France. Uh, US uh, soccer World Cup qualifiers starts next th- Thursday, September second. We a game at El Salvador at 10 p.m. Uh, the big game, uh, home against Canada on September 5th at 8 p.m. Uh, that game will be played in Nashville. And the last game in September will be at Honduras September 8th at 10 p.m. Uh, a lot of big names. Uh, the biggest in goalies was Matt Turner uh, made it. And the other two goalies, Zach Steffen and um, forgetting the last name, but Matt Turner is the best in my opinion, is the best MLS goalie. And a lot of people debate that Andre Blake is good, um, but I think Matt Turner is the best because of his shot-stopping ability. And we saw that this past week in the All-Star Game. He was, um, unfortunately, didn't get picked by the fans, which is really disappointing. But Bob Bradley knows what he's seen uh, from coaching the U.S. men's national team, um, and he picked Matt Turner. Unfortunately, Matt Turner didn't start and came in towards the end of the game, but his game went to PKs. He saved two, um, including, uh, yeah, two, saving two penalties, and he saved in his last, in his last seven games with uh, the U.S. and the Revolution. He has barely let up any goals. I think the number is like two or something, and he's had so many shutouts in that, and that's why I would have to argue with um, him being the best shot stopper, uh, best goalie in MLS. Uh, so the U.S. play El Salvador September 2nd, Canada September 5th, and Honduras September 8th. In uh, MLB, last weekend we had Tigers Miguel Cabrera becoming the 20th player in baseball history, reached 500 home runs. We had probably one of the longest games in baseball, the Dodgers and Padres going 16 innings in nearly six hours. So a lot of big, interesting things. But we wrap up something uh, new that we're trying to do. It's called the word of the episode. And today's word is immaculate. And a lot of people may not know what that word is. And it's a baseball term for when someone uh, has an immaculate inning. Uh, immaculate inning is when a pitcher throws, uh, strikes out a batter, three batters in an inning with the minimum pitches, which is nine. Doesn't get a fly out, doesn't get a, uh, call um, doesn't get a ground out or anything. It has to be three strikes and uh, only nine pitches. And in this case, this happened last night with Boston Red Sox. Chris Sale threw an immaculate inning, and this is his third time in his career, tying only the great Sandy Koufax, who in fact is Jewish. In case you didn't know that, uh, but that's a word of the episode. It's immaculate. Uh, it happens in baseball. Jason, you want to wrap up the episode? Yeah.
1: Um. So that's gonna do it. Um. A lot of news, lots of discussions, and we're hoping to keep this theme of debating. Um. In a lot of future episodes, it's not gonna be like a lot of, like news based. It's gonna be a little bit more debating. I mean, yes, we'll we'll um update with the uh, biggest news in sports, and also that bring that kind of leads into where you can have see us um updating you guys on the. Latest news in sports. Um, we're expanding our social media platforms to a lot of places, um, so um, we're gonna start off with uh, Twitter at the CBJ Show. We should be tweeting a few times a day about some of the biggest news. So, um, recommend following if you want to be updated and see our opinions. Um, that is something that we hope to be really active on. Um, TikTok. I am running the TikTok page for um, the uh, the CBJ Show. So if you haven't followed it yet um, go follow at the CBJ show uh, I'm doing a lot of like sports recaps for every single day um, so you can um, hear about every single day in sports there might be a few a day um, I'm going to post one uh, for later today um, shortly on um, the 27th of August um, so go follow over there we got a lot of great content and of course Instagram we've had for a while cbj.sports um, if you haven't followed there go follow there we're posting on the story and we might um try to like change the content that's going to be posted so Um make sure you um uh look at that.
0: Uh we also have an email Uh, if you want to show one thing to add, and that's uh some of the debates you've heard in this episode may be on Instagram. So we're gonna start adding clips of the debates onto Instagram so you can get short videos, not have to uh listen to a uh 35-minute podcast if you don't have time. So you can still uh listen to about five, 10 minute video and still have some
1: sports fun. Yeah, um, and like I said, the email here is Show at gmail.com. If you'd like to uh, contact us, go for that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to respond to those if you want to. Um, and also, we're changing up the YouTube. It's not going to be on Brandon or my channel. Um, we're get, we have a new channel called The CBJ Show. Just search up The CBJ Show and you will find our youtube channel we haven't posted there yet but they will we will have it um posted uh soon um we'll have all the episodes we have recorded in the past um and this one um hopefully up there shortly so if you haven't subscribed yet um go do so um hopefully you can hit 20 subscribers by the end of the week that would be uh great we already have about like 15 um which we are really happy about um and we're probably gonna add like a link tree to a lot of the bios of all our um new sites so if you have trouble finding anything it should be there um
0: and um you'll be able to follow us everywhere all right episode 30 is in the books uh hopefully kim will be able to join us back for our next episode we can get the whole gang back together but uh with that uh for jason and i'm brandon uh that's gonna do it for cbj episode 30 Thanks. Hello and welcome back to the CBJ Show. I'm Brandon, alongside me is Jason. Fortunately, Cam's not here, but uh, that ain't stopping us from (laughs) broadcasting and telling uh, telling you, our viewers, our thoughts on the hottest topics in sports this week. Um, We are going to add a um, little bit of a, a new style, new activity for this podcast if you're a long-time listener since the beginning you know debates hasn't really been something we've been doing a lot lately but we've been tackling and uh try and improve our podcast and that's been something we've gone as a feedback so today we've got some great topics in the nba and nfl point guards and nfl players and rookies and stuff so lots to look forward to and We've got some new social platforms that if you haven't followed already, we'll touch upon at the end of the episode, um, where you can tell your comments here on YouTube at The CBJ Show, this is the new platform, um, or on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and so on and so forth. With that, we're just going to dive into our um, first part of the show, which is our NFL fantasy football preview. We know Fantasy football, uh, the regular season starts on September 9th with the Cowboys at the Bucks. Um, but before, from now until then, a lot of people like to do fantasy football. So if you haven't already done a draft and you're looking for ideas on who to draft and what players are available and stuff at different positions, you're in the right spot. Jason and I are going to go through each category, talk about our top 10 or 15 players in that category, who we think um, is worth getting and uh, who we think is not worth getting as a starter. This is meant for um, an eight to 10-person league where you have one QB, two running back, two wide receiver, a flex, a tight end, defense, and a kicker. With that, I'll hand it off to Jason who will give more information and dive into the QB section.
1: The QBs uh, this year... Uh, there's a lot of great options, in my opinion, that you can go with. There's the obvious players like a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, Russell Wilson. I and mean, there's also some sleeper guys that you got to look out for. I think someone like Kyler Murray um, could finish as this year's QB1 in all of fantasy. A lot of people are saying that, but some people aren't really catching on to that. Trust me, I think Kyler Murray is going to be a really good player this year and he's going to be fantastic in fantasy. Can run the ball. He's more often at receiver now. As AJ Green has um, signed a contract there, um, and they still, of course, have D Hop, the uh, top two receiver in the league, arguably number one. Um, and I think Kyler Murray's the guy you can look at um, to finish as the top quarterback in all of fantasy football. I mean, yes, you might want to take a safe pick and take Mahomes or Josh Allen, Lamar, but I think Kyler Murray would be a nice pick to get there. Um, and also Aaron Rodgers, you you can always rely on him. He's the MVP last year and you can depend on him to not throw interceptions. Um, But also there's some guys that are a little bit down, further down, that if you want to stack up on running backs and receivers early in the draft and you um, still think you need a quarterback but not like a star quarterback, there's some guys down there you can stack in the last year on your draft. One guy I really like there is Jalen Hurts because he can both run them past the ball at a very high level. They're gonna be running the offense through him. This is his offense. Um, The receivers are getting, it's a little bit better. Get Devontae Smith on that roster now. Um, Jalen Rager looks fantastic in training camp. I don't know if anyone has seen um, his catches and his athleticism, it's just crazy. Um, And I think Hertz is a guy that you can depend on. Yes, he's probably around the 15, 16, 17 range when you rank fantasy quarterbacks at this moment in time. But don't be surprised if he has some really good weeks where he gets over 20 points, um, like a PPR league. Um, so that would be someone who I'd look out for. But there's a lot of options like at, at for sleepers. It um, just depends on if you want to take the risk or you want to play it safe.
0: Just like uh, Jason and touched upon, I'm going to add a little bit more of the QB. So uh, I think the number one QB uh, is Patrick Mahomes. But... Top three is definitely a great pick. Uh, if you have Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen, and like Jason mentioned, Kyle Murray, I think he'll be atop a top of fancy list, and um, he's gonna be one of the best QBs this year. Um, we also have those um old names, familiar names, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, um, Matthew Stafford, but. I think a name that jumps out to me on this list that I'm surprised or is Justin Herbert. Uh, on um, He is going to be very good. He obviously had a great year last year, um, and he led the Chargers to a few more wins than they had. Unfortunately, did not make the playoffs last year, but um, Justin Herbert is a guy that, You may be surprised about for fancy thinking chargers don't have a lot of options as weapons for wide receiver and they lost tight end Hunter Henry to the new England Patriots. But I think Justin Herbert is a solid choice uh, for QB. If you're looking at other options and there's um, Rogers, Wilson, Prescott, Brady left. I think Justin Herbert's a great backup option Um, and you never know if someone gets hurt we've had so many injuries in uh, the nfl over the years and just the last couple of years you never know if someone's gonna get hurt and having a backup qb like justin herbert isn't a bad idea
1: yeah i think justin herbert is gonna have a fantastic year not only just in some fantasy but as an overall player i expect him to solidify himself as a top 10 quarterback in the nfl by the end of the season if he isn't already because i mean with his rookie year he was the offensive rookie of the year last year he was great he's got some weapons back austin eckler is a great uh pass catching running back um who can run the ball and pass the ball so so if herbert needs to pass a check down he's got eckler there Keenan allen's one of the best wide receivers in the nfl probably top 10 in my opinion uh, that's debatable you saw mike williams i think jalen guyton's a breakout player to further um third wide receiver spot on in LA. And also that new and improved offensive line in LA is just, it's very, very good. It's one of the best offensive lines in the league. They got arguably the best center in the league in Corey Lindsley. And he made a great draft pick um, uh, early in the draft this uh, year in the first round. And I think Justin Herbert is set up for success. Um, he could definitely be your starting quarterback. Um, but if you think you can snag him later, he can be your backup. Like Brandon said, that's not a bad option. But I really think Justin Herbert is someone you can depend on to be your number one quarterback in every week as long as you can stay healthy
0: all right moving on to our running backs category running backs most people play with a minimum of two sometimes you play three if you're putting them in your flex Uh, there's lots of great running backs Um, these are only a few a selective few but there's a lot of great options and if you're doing an eight to ten person league there's still great options Uh, obviously I think uh Christian McCaffrey is going to go number one in running backs, but also probably number one in your draft. Uh he is it's typical uh for a fantasy football draft to have a running back or wide receiver, be one of the first cold picks. And McCaffrey is awesome when he is healthy. Uh obviously last year he was unhealthy, and that caused um him to not play as well and not get as much fantasy points for any. Fantasy holders, but Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, he can run a lot. And uh, Carolina got Teddy Bridgewater as um their new QB, and I think Sam Darnold actually. Sam Darnold actually, sorry, uh, as their new QB, and they got Robbie Anderson as a new wide receiver. But if you ever need to go with the ground game, you got a a great guy McCaffrey. Um, I had this guy last year, and I think he's one of the top running backs in Stalvin Cook. Uh, Cook just runs for yards against teams. A lot of teams don't know really hard, um, don't know much how to defend him and take him down. Uh, He's a big guy and just kind of just plows through. And it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's just running for at least five yards. So Cook is a great option. Kamara, we saw throughout the year from his six game touchdown on Christmas to his, all the runs he did, um, last season he did awesome uh aaron jones so uh green bay situation they uh is difficult with Rodgers, with him not who knows if he's on his a game or not so picking aaron jones uh, a running back number running back one is not a bad option as you don't know how much Rodgers is going to throw and even if he does adams uh or aaron jones is also an option for a uh A little pass catch um, from Rodgers. Moving down the list, we got Barkley coming back from his injury. If you want to take the risk of him coming um, after what he did coming back, it's the same with Dak Prescott. It's a little hard, unpredictable to predict if he's going to be a good player, but uh, Saquon Barkley is definitely a running back one in my books. Uh, Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott is great. Austin Eckler, I think a lot of people put him uh, farther down um, the list than he should be. He was great for the Chargers. Like we mentioned, Herbert has those weapons, but the, with Herbert at QB and e- Eckler at running back, it's a scary Los Angeles Chargers team that uh, we didn't really get to see last year with uh, all the injuries and stuff that happened. Um my guess is I'd pick a, a sleeper for a running back. Second would be Joe Mixon. He picks up a lot of ground game and he's good, but there's a lot of question of what's happening. At Burrow is he coming back or not? Is he what he was before he got injured? Is it gonna be are they gonna rely on him a lot? Uh, I would pick Joe Mixon up for your starter because you never know if he's gonna get a lot of yards.
1: Yeah, i'm also a big fan of joe mixon i mean his game is very volume dependent because this year joe burrow has a lot of receivers to throw to now he has jamar chase and alongside tyler Boyd and t higgins who i think is a really good receiving core so i think someone like joe mixon is going to be volume dependent there's gonna be some days where he doesn't get that many touches or if he has like an off game they're gonna try to throw the ball a lot and also there's gonna be those days where they just feed him he's the workhorse in the backfield and he gets like 20, 25 carries. Those are the days that you want Joe Mixon. I can tell you that's gonna happen at a lot of points this year. Um, but going back to what you said about guys coming off injuries, I'd still be willing to take the risk of taking them because, because a lot of those guys are still very young. Like Christian McCaffrey just turned like 25 a few months ago. Um, and we know how great he is. In the three games he played last year, he still would have been like the, he was the RB1 every single week in fantasy. No matter what, he had like a 37 point game and after after like a seven week break like that just shows you how good someone like Christian McCaffrey can be coming off an injury and he's still young sa- sa- same thing with like Saquon yes Saquon had a rough start to last year um, because they can't really get an offensive line going in New York um, they're going to try to improve that of course I, I like Andrew Thomas um, to hopefully improve this year he was a top draft pick a few years ago um, not or not last year not too great but I think he can improve I I still think you can take the risk on guys coming up the injury but I also want to talk about some underrated players that I'm looking at I like someone like Antonio Gibson to be your RB1 because he's going to get the volume he needs um Washington they're going to run they're gonna run heavy we, we know that for sure with JD McKissick they like play, passing to the him they have a lot of other runbacks to run Peyton Barber a few times last year and I think Antonio Gibson could, could get involved uh, very quickly and also a rookie nobody's Talking about him being an RB1, I think he can be. Najee Harris, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think you can depend on him. Yes, he's not a first round pick, but if you get in the second round, I think that it's going to be very, very big. So, my biggest advice would probably be try to stack up on your running backs early because there's only like 15 or so running backs you can depend on to give you 15 plus a week. That's what I'll say. You can look at, you can get your wide receiver ones in the third and fourth round. There's only a few of them, but if you play your cards right, you should get two RB1s and hopefully. Um a high a wide receiver one and a high end wide receiver two with low end wide receiver one upside. So that's how I would play it personally. So just stack up on your running backs.
0: All right. And the wide receivers, like Jason mentioned, you want your running backs first and then the wide receivers. Just it's why we put our categories with running back before wide receiver, but it's also if you do an order, it goes QP running back, wide receiver. Uh the number one on this list is Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Devonte Adams. He is just awesome, and if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, he plays uh, in Aaron Rodgers prime, not, uh, doesn't want to play, uh, I think Adams is going to get a lot of receiving yards, and he is probably the number one wide receiver you would want to draft. Uh, other top wide receivers are Tyree Kale, um in Kansas City, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, and DK Metcalf in Seattle. All four of those teams have great QBs. Green Bay has Rodgers, KC has Mahomes, Buffalo has Allen, and Seattle has DK Metcalf. The only thing that I would point out of these four, and actually, sorry, I want to add number five, Hop, because he is unbelievable after he caught that Hale Murray. Kyle Murray is a great QB. The only thing with these five is Stiggs. And the reason why I bring this up is the NFL vaccination status is, uh, has been definitely a topic that is um, debatable. We're not going to really go in. But uh, right now, Josh Allen is unvaccinated, and that could lead to um, him not playing games or um, if he gets COVID or any other uh, reason why he's outside the team. And that could result in Diggs not getting as much. I'm not saying that's a reason why you should not get digs, but it is one risk factor you have to take with digs as you never know what could happen. No one knew that Cam Noon was going to get COVID after at the beginning before the season started, but after week three, he did. Anything can happen. Captain. Uh, a lot of good names on this list with Mike Evans in Tampa, Chris Godwin in Tampa, uh, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, Julio Jones in Tennessee. Um and A.J. Brown in Tennessee. My steal in this is gonna be with the Chargers again. If you've been catching a theme, we like to ride in the Justin Herbert train. <laughs> think Herbert will be the solution in L.A. And I'm going with Keenan out. He's a lot of a lot of people think he's underrated, um, and it's because he doesn't get that many passes. But that was also because his QB wasn't the best. Yes, Philip Rivers, you can say is a good player but he's not a player like Rodgers, Mahomes, or Brady. Uh, and I think Herbert is going to be the next kind of young star, one of the best young stars, and probably definitely one of the best in the last 2020 NFL class. And Keenan Allen knows how he can catch a lot of stuff and get you a lot of fancy points. So if you're looking for a wide receiver sleeper, laying in the rounds, Keenan Allen may be your best opportunity. I agree with that. I think Keenan Allen –
1: is a very good um, person to target in probably the third or fourth round of your draft, depending on you know how many people are in it. And if people um, draft smartly, I, I like Keen Allen. I think it's just a, this thing is just, he to get good volume because now that Eckler's back, you can't guarantee he's getting um, a lot of uh, catches because Eckler's gonna take carries and catches away from him. And also Mike Williams, I think is someone who could break out this year. But I, I think Keen Allen is definitely a solidified wide receiver, one on any fantasy team, no matter what even if Eckler's getting those carries. He's such a great contested catcher. He has long arms, he can catch over anyone, um, and you definitely would want to draft him um, in the third or fourth round. Probably the late third round is a great, great spot to add Keen Allen, but my sleeper pick is someone um, who I think can finish top five in uh, fantasy wide receivers, possibly even higher than five, and that is uh, Atlanta Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley, and that's because the team has absolutely no other weapons than Calvin Ridley. Um, at running back, they've been transitioning from a lot of guys who went from Devontae Freeman a few years ago, then Todd Gurley who disappointed. They lost Ido Smith this off season, who split carries with Gurley last year. They signed Mike Davis, who I like Mike Davis, but he's not the solution at running back. And that receiver, Julio is out of there. It's um, wide receiver room is empty. And you know who the wide receiver one is in Atlanta? It is Calvin Ridley. He's gonna take over. You saw his stats last year. Well, now he's the number one option for the entire season. Um, yes, there's Russell Gage and some other guys there, and Hayden Hurst is a solid tight end. But Calvin Ridley with Matt Ryan, they're gonna be a great connection. They won't win many games as a team, but Calvin Ridley can get your fantasy team some wins. So Calvin Ridley is someone who I would love to get in the third round of my drafts if I could get him. Um And also another guy that um, people should not um, really be sleeping on right now, I'd probably say uh, A.J. Brown, you can draft him pretty high, I think, um, because A.J. Brown's going to get a lot more targets than Julio, in my opinion. Um, Yes, Julio is more skilled, but A.J. Brown is going to be a lot more, um, he's got a lot more volume in that heavy um, Tennessee offense. Um, Tannehill, um, who's been so underrated, he's, he's taking that step forward with Tennessee after Um, A few bad years in Miami, Um, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and I think A.J. Brown is a guy that can break out as a fantasy player and then probably be um, close to that top five area, so um, I would look to draft A.J. Brown in the fourth round, or maybe even earlier than that, because he is a wide receiver one in fantasy without a doubt in my mind.
0: Uh, One name that has sparked my attention that we haven't named yet, and you may be wondering, why have we not talked about that, and it's Michael Thomas. And that's for a lot of reasons. One the QB situation is different. Drew Brees is gone with retirement and it's been reported that Jameis Winston is a starter. Second factor is that Michael Thomas right now is injured. Still. He had an injury last year that sidelined him for a lot of the uh, regular season. And we saw him in the playoff game against the box. He wasn't his best self due to the injury. So Those two factors have uh, the reason why we haven't really mentioned him. And if you want to take the risk with Michael Thomas, just know uh, he may not play every week and he may not get as many catches as other players that we've mentioned. Uh, Moving on to our tight end list, uh, the big name that jumps out here, there's actually a decent amount of tight ends that you can get as tight end one, but it's not many. I would say it's a, a list of five people. It's Travis Kelsey of the Kansas State Chiefs, Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders, George Kill of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens, and Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the first four I'll touch upon first, and then we'll jump into Pitts. Uh, so Kelsey, he's a monster for KC. Another big option, just like Hill and um, for Patrick Mahomes, He gets a lot of uh, receiving yards. If you have a later pick in a 10-team league, 7, 8, 9, Kelsey may be a person you might want to take in the first round since he is the best tight end. And if you do pass on him, other people will take the opportunity. Uh, The other thing is the other two, Waller, Kittle, and Andrews, all great, solid players, will get you tons of fantasy points. And uh, when you your opponents will be uh, very jealous when you play them, when you're stacking up lots of points in fantasy. Uh, lastly, Kyle Pitts. Uh, as a rookie, it's hard to know what he's going to do. But going into the 2021 draft, we knew he was the best tight end in the draft. And he was picked and the number four picked by the Atlanta Falcons. And so we know that he's a contender for tight end. And, uh, I would say is probably one of the top uh, tight ends in the league. Uh, I would say my sleeper pick in this, uh, if you don't get those five, I would go with, uh, it's a tough pick, but I'm going to go Mike Czatziki of the Miami Dolphins. And that's because last year, he actually was one of the biggest targets for Tua Tunga Viola. I think I'm saying that right. In Miami. He is a big guy, and it's hard to take him down. Same thing with John o. Smith in New England. A lot of, he's tall, he's hard to take down. But why i go going with Gizeki is he can get you a lot of fancy catches and a lot of yards, and that's what you need. So points by scoring touchdowns, points by getting yards. He is an option that if you can't get the top five, he is someone that I would pick. I do like mike iseki
1: i thought my expectations um for him were a lot higher than what they were last than was performance last year i thought he would have broken out to be a top five tight end last year and it it just didn't happen he if you watch the games he is incredible with his hands he has um some rare athleticism for a tight end You, you can see him jump up for those contested catches but i'm just not a big fan of him for fantasy i mean if he's like if he's one of the top 10 tight ends to get drafted in your fantasy league and he's around like the seven, eight, nine range, that's a really that's a really good place to get Mike Gesicki. But um I'm I wouldn't target him over a lot of other guys. I think there's still some other options out there that I personally take over him. Um one other guy that we haven't really talked about, who I think is a uh, a mid-range tight end one who could possibly be a top three fantasy tight end by the end of the year. Um, because it's kind of like Calvin Ridley, yes, now they have Kyle Pitts now in that receiving core but this guy absolutely has no competition with receivers. And that's TJ Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. The receivers are Quinton Cephas, Tyra Williams, and Brashad Perriman. And I'm sure a lot of people haven't even heard of those names like ever. So TJ Hawkinson has a great opportunity with a new quarterback this year to form that new chemistry to Jared Goff. And he's got um, some great volume. I think he can get over 10 catches like every single game over hundred yards. Um, you only Thing that's in their way is maybe DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in that backfield because I think that's going to be a good backfield. DeAndre Swift's one of my breakout candidates um, for that running back position, but TJ Hawkinson's got that entire um, receiving core um, to himself. I think he's going to take advantage. I think he'll be a tight end one from the start, and um, we saw him on the top 100 NFL list this year,
0: and that's a good reason why. All right, moving on to kickers. At the end of the draft, you want to draft a kicker in defense. Um, I would not, I would recommend if you have a 10-team league, I think there's about 13 rounds, should uh try to take your kicker in defense towards 11, 12, and 13. And I say that because um there's decent amount of kickers in defense, and there's more of a chance you would miss out on a great running back, wide receiver, tight end by getting a kicker too early. Uh there are of the list, I think everyone on this list is a great pick. Um, but my sleeper pick on this is going to be Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills. And I'm picking him because Josh Allen in the Buffalo in the Bills offense have a lot of scoring. I think I'm predicting a lot of scoring for the Bills. And that's because Josh Allen can throw uh, about 400 yards a game. We saw him last year. He almost took his team to the Super Bowl. It was about um, one game short against the Kansas City Chiefs. But if the Bills score scoring a lot, Tyler Bass is needed for a lot of of extra points. In addition, sometimes uh, teams have to kick a field goal. That's because even the best teams with Brady and Rodgers and all those new young guys, sometimes you have to take a uh, field goal. And Tyler Bass has a great leg and can kick really far. Um, and he, being uh, Buffalo, has difficulty with winds and stuff with weather. He's used to that, um, and that's something that a team uh, that plays indoors all season has a hard time with because of the wind and stuff. So he knows how to face all the elements. I agree with
1: that um, sleeper pick. Tyler Bass, I, I've already drafted him in one of my leagues, and I think he's going to be great. Um, he was a rookie last year. He came in right away um, and did his thing. And like you said, that Bills offense gonna is gonna score a lot of points as long as Josh Allen can stay healthy. He has a lot of receiving weapons. You have Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabe Davis, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, and the list goes on. And on They're signing guys today, I just saw. Um, so as long as everyone can stay healthy and they also have Devin Singletary, Zach Moss in that backfield, and Dawson Knox at tight end, I like that Bills team a lot. And Tyler Bass can be kicking those extra points. They're gonna be in field goal range like all the time. I it's, that team is not going to um, end up punting, I don't think, too much as long as they can stay healthy. So I'm a big fan of Tyler Bass, and I like that pick.
0: All right, with that, we're going to move on to defense. And defense is a hard pick, and that's because in majority of fantasy leagues, you pick the whole defense. So uh, I remember once doing a, a draft with some people that had never really done it, and they last year – Chase Young was an awesome player for the Washington football team and someone said can I draft Chase Young and it doesn't really work that way you draft the whole team uh, you could have a few good players but the rest could be bad but it's uh, a um, challenge you a decision you make when you pick your team and actually that kind of just leads into what I'm going to say and I'm going to pick the Washington football team as my number one Uh, defense. And that's because they showed it last year, Uh, especially against great teams like Seattle um, and San Francisco, LA Rams. The NFC West was great. Uh, Hard division, score a lot of points. We saw the Washington football team uh, step up and make those big plays, led by number 99, Chase Young. And I think they're going to continue that. Uh, that was one of the reasons why they won the division. It's the worst division in football, but their defense carried them in. So you had uh, a great defense with a little bit of magic from um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think uh, the Washington football team will win that division. That's a preview for something we'll talk about later. But uh, I think the Washington football team is a great defensive uh, defense team that you should pick.
1: Washington football team has, in my opinion, probably the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, so yeah, you got to take them at some point. If you can snag them with one of the first um, defenses to go off the board, that would be great. Um, but one team I'm looking at as a very sleeper pick, and it's it's not really anyone who you think of at the beginning, um, but it's actually the Denver Broncos. Um, that might sound a little strange, but They have a lot of weapons in the linebacking court. Their secondary is one of the best in the NFL right now. Yes, their schedule is going to kind of screw them over a bit um, because, I mean, they're not really in a position where they can win a lot of divisional games. They face the Chargers twice. They face the Raiders twice. And of course, the Chiefs twice. Um, And at most, I think they're winning two games out of those six, probably just like one. And then they're playing some other difficult games. So. Yes, it's gonna be hard, but they're gonna rack up a lot of interceptions and sacks. I'm telling you that secondary is great. Um, Ronald Darby, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, uh, Kyle Fuller, and also Vaughn Miller is returning to that linebacking core along with Bradley Chubb. That's a great, great group. And also this also includes special teams, remember that. Um, so that's something to keep in mind when you're um, taking uh, defenses slash special teams.